Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. Hey guys, welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast. My name is Mindy. I am a career coach and business guru helping exhausted women find their true purpose. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 11. My name is Kelsey Kenry, and I am a personal development speaker and life coach working with women all over the world, specifically moms, to help them stop feeling so overwhelmed and live confidently again. So, Before we get started, I do want to say that some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about owning your story. So we're going to discuss what it means to really, truly, actually own your story, how that can affect your entire life and others, as well as give you some tools on how you can own your story and show up for yourself every single day. So Kelsey, let's jump right into it. What does it mean to own your story? Yeah, this is a good start. I think that it's kind of one of those things that when you hear owning your story, you're like, okay, so what exactly does that mean? And a lot of people reference that as like speaking it, especially like on a bigger platform. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, We are all so great about talking about the things that we're good at, obviously. but really owning your story is owning all parts of you and, you know, things that make you unique, things that make you different and every piece of your story, because every piece is important and every piece, even the hard pieces, even the pieces that you don't feel proud of, those are what I think probably the more important pieces to share. So Really, what it means to own your story is to be fully okay with who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Something that you said that really resonated just then was people think it's all about going and speaking on a large stage or getting on your Instagram and doing a story about these are all the things that's happened to me in life. And that's not the case at all. It can be. Speaking up about how we're different is important, and we'll talk about that. But I think that you know, owning your story for yourself is very, very important. Um, you have to know where you came from. You mm-hmm. have to know what makes you unique and what makes you you. It helps you make decisions. It helps you build confidence, like we talked about mm-hmm. before. And having that 
as a foundation for your life. You know, Kelsey, you talk about foundation quite a bit in your coaching. You know, having that foundation of knowing who you are is very important. And it doesn't have to be just about going and telling everybody about it. It's about telling yourself that. Yeah. And that's a great point. It really is. It's so much not about, you know, just if you think about just taking ownership and like taking ownership or taking responsibility for something means that like, oh, I did this or I, I am this. That's what it is. And really a lot of it has to do with accepting yourself for all parts of you, because we all have those things that we're like, okay, like, this is okay, but this is not so much. And like, I personally lived there for such a long time just to share kind of like the evolution of my own owning my story. It wasn't like overnight that I was like, here it all is. Here's my whole story. And, and that was it. It definitely came kind of in waves. And I think that once you start sharing a little bit and you see the feedback that comes from that and you see the connection that you can build from that, whether that's a conversation with one friend or whether that's a conversation with 20,000 people on social media, you have people that intimately connect with you on that level because it's like, me too, I've felt that but there's so many different levels and parts to our story. I think that I know for myself, there was some like really gritty parts that it took me until recently to finally like really be okay with. And so, you know, I started just with simple things about like, I remember when Eric (laughs) confronted me I guess confronted isn't the right word. He, I was working at a bar because I was bartending before I got into fitness. And yes, I was bartending sober for any of you asking. I did not know that about you. That's impressive. Yeah. It's <laughs> talk about, talk about resilience and grit. I spent the entire year where I had not one sip of alcohol bartending multiple wow. nights a week. So yeah, but I I remember I was working um, a night shift at the bar and Eric had texted me something about, you know, asking me about my arrest record. And this was very early on in our relationship and I had not said anything yet because it was still something, at that point, it was not something that I, I could just openly be like, hi, my name's Kelsey. I've been arrested three times. It wasn't yeah. like the conversation starter, you know? And so that text message was kind of actually the beginning for me because it was an opportunity for me to be honest. Like he already knew his mom had looked, had Googled me and found all things about me. (laughs) I love that dude. She sounds like, not to interrupt you, but she sounds like my mom. My mom's like the investigator. Like if you want to know anything about anybody, like call my mom. She's the person that will find out. Oh, 100%. And it's so funny because like, I think that Eric's mom and I are alike in a lot of ways, like, because it's totally something that I would do too. Like I can only, I don't even want to think about my children like dating somebody because that's just too much for me to handle currently. But, 
like for sure Googling, like first, middle, last name, where do they live? All like, I need to know it all. So <laughs> she Googled me, he knew it. And that was like, that was kind of like, all right, this door's open. Like, what do you want to do with it? And I was just, I just was honest with him. And I was like, yeah, I did those things. And that's why, you know, I don't have my license now. That's why, because, you know, it was a DUI. So I had my license taken away. So I couldn't drive. And that was the beginning. It was like just that little piece of that initial conversation with Eric. And obviously the feedback from that was, it was the first time that I shared something that I was embarrassed about and I wasn't judged. Like he still was interested in me and I was like, holy shit, like this is okay. Like I'm still a normal person. And so like the reason why I share that is like, it wasn't like what you see now is obviously I'm very open about social media in in all parts, but it was like, that was, that's where it started was just one conversation just with Eric and being and feeling that acceptance from him in spite of what I had done. Yeah. And that had to have been just very scary and difficult. Like I think back to like, you know, and I like the evolution I've seen from you, like even just in the couple years that we've known each other, it's just like you started opening up on your social media about like your past and your history. And, you know, and I think we've talked about this before, but being in your position and being a coach and things like that, you know, can be a little scary because a lot of people, you know, see what you post and sharing those parts, you know, is, am I going to lose followers? How are people going to feel about me? You know, like, what are people going to think about me? And you kind of build this up in your head and you're like, I can't talk about this because someone's going to judge me someone's going to shame me. But Mm -hmm. in reality, a lot of times it's the opposite because people want to hear relatable stories. I mean, that's why we have this podcast, right? People want to hear things that they can relate to. And it gives you the opportunity to make those connections that you may have never made before because people see who you really truly are. And you're like, I think not even like having other people accept you, but by telling your story, you're accepting yourself. And that's important. Yes. That's exactly like the next point that I was going to go to. And I love Mm -hmm. that you just said that because it really is so much about that acceptance of yourself. And, you know, sometimes that requires that feedback. Like I wasn't okay with myself at that point, even with therapy, even with life coaching, which I was still in. And I think that once if I hadn't opened up, if I hadn't been honest with myself about that, like what would have happened? So just hearing myself say it and like typing out the words in a text message was like this moment of clarity for me to where it's like that scary feeling of anxiety of like, what's going to happen? Am I going to be judged? Like, will he ever talk to me again? I remember that was my thought is, is he ever going to talk to me again? And initially when I saw the text message about it, I was like, well, I guess this is over. Like that's our first thought because it's like, we have this expectation of perfection and like, oh, this is a great, like Eric has never even smoked pot. So it's like, like nothing. He didn't drink until he was in his twenties. And so here I am like the polar opposite, doing all of the things enough, you know, 10 times for both of us. So yeah, I mean, that that feeling of like, just acceptance of yourself far exceeds 
being accepted by other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it gives you the opportunity, which something else we wanted to talk about to take back your power Mm -hmm. and to like truly like feel comfortable with who you are. Because a lot of times if you're not owning that full story, you feel powerless. You feel scared. You feel anxious, just like you were talking about, like that anxiety when you sent that text message and you're just sitting there like, and like, it's even worse if you have an iPhone because you know, like when they're typing dots on the bottom, (laughs) you're like, Oh God, is there going to be dots? Oh God, the dots stopped. What's happening? (laughs) I know. And then they don't respond for like 10 minutes and you're like going through all the worst case scenarios in your head. Okay. So this is completely off topic, but I have to tell you this story because it's so funny. So when Michael and I um, started like our conversation about becoming more than just friends, my friend Kendall took my phone uh, from me because she was like sick of this. Like Mike and I had this like back and forth, like we were just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like, she got sick of it and she was like, okay, I'm texting him and I'm telling him how it is. And that's just what's happening. I was like, no, no, don't do that. And she took my phone and she went running. We were sitting by our pool. Never forget this. She took my phone. She went running to the front of her house and she sent him a text and said something to the effect of, you know how I feel about you. I don't want to wait around anymore. Like she just put out what I was feeling. And I was just like, why did you do this? We've been friends for 15 years. But so then she brings me my phone back. And I saw that he read it because, you know, you've got read receipts or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then he starts typing. And then he doesn't type. And then he starts typing again. And he doesn't type. No. 45 minutes later, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God, we're not going to be friends anymore. Oh, God, he thinks I'm <laughs> oh, crazy. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. 45 minutes later, he sends me a text back. And he's like, me too. Like, that's all I got was me too. And I was like... Oh my God. Like I owned how I felt about this. Well, Kindle did for me. Kindle yeah. owned how I felt about this and sent it to him. But like that whole time I'm like building this expectation in my head of mm-hmm. like, he's not going to, you know, like be okay with this. He's not going to be okay with how I truly feel, which is part of my story because that's how I feel. Right. Right. Um, but in the meantime, on the other end, he was panicking because he felt the same way and didn't know what to say. And he was sitting with his brother and Vinny took his phone and texted me back instead of him texting me. So really neither one of us could tell each other how we felt. That's so funny. It's so funny. But then it, you saw, obviously, it played out kind of well considering you guys are married. But it's yeah. like those those moments of like, you know, it really like it comes back to like when you were talking about, you know, taking back your power. And like there's so much yeah. – if we look at our stories – in a way to where they are powerful because what can be created from them is so powerful because I I say it time and time again, but each of us has a story and we have a skill set, but we are the only people with those two, with the combination that we have. And so if we're not using that in some way, which part of that is our story, it's pointless. Like it's a disservice. And I think that, you know, going back to like, you know, what does it really mean to own your story? Mm-hmm. It is taking back your power. And within that, it's really that rise up from shame. And Brene Brown, who is one of my favorite authors, like probably favorite people, like definitely on my list of people to meet and probably like 
give an awkward hug to. <laughs> the awkward hug. <laughs> like, can we hug? Do we shake hands? Do we autograph? Like, what do we do? Do I bow down? What do I do? <laughs> but she has, if you aren't familiar with Brene, please just Google her because she has articles, blogs, she speaks. She has, I've read pretty sure every single one of her books. And if you don't know where to start, if you don't know where to start, start with gifts of imperfection. Yeah. I'll link her Instagram in in the show description. So if you go down to the show description, there'll be a link to her Instagram. So you guys can follow her. Yeah. Also Brene, if you ever hear this, I love you so much. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) she talks so much about shame. And one of the great things that she talks about is how shame can't live in light. So shame thrives in darkness. So when we keep things hidden, it's like, I'm going to stay small. I'm going to stay in this space. Nobody will know me. Nobody will see me. And I'll just stay right here. And that's the darkness that we live in day to day when we don't own our story. But if we own and accept who we are and bring it to the surface and bring it to the to light, we stop feeling the shame that's surrounding it. And like, that's just talking about my story. Like that's the evolution. Like I could literally bring up the fact that I was arrested, drugs, alcohol, all that. I can bring it up in a first conversation with somebody. No problem. Easy for me to talk about, but it took me a long time to get there. But it's only because I brought all that out and started with the little steps of like acceptance from Eric and and that one person, that one conversation, saying it out loud, writing about it. Like those were the things that brought it to light to where I was like, okay, this is a thing that happened. This is part of who I am. It doesn't mean that the world is ending, but I can accept that this is part of my story. So yeah, being able to to rise above that shame and get out of that darkness, I think is just such an important thing in this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another quote that I love from Brene, it's uh, when we deny our stories, they define us. And when we own our stories, we get to write a brave new ending. Just think about that. Like you have the power to change everything if you just accept where you are and move with it. Like, so something, you know, that I've gone through and we talk about this a little bit on the podcast is, you know, my husband and I are adopting and Mm -hmm. it's really exciting. It's, it's awesome. And something that, you know, the reason why we're adopting is because I went through menopause really early, you know, something that runs through my family. Uh, I didn't know about it. And I went through menopause at the age of 28. And at first, when it happened, I was ashamed. I was so ashamed because as a woman, there's this narrative that's told to us, like, you are valuable because you can birth children. You are valuable because you can give that to your spouse. And I knew that Michael wanted to have kids. And, you know, when we found out that we couldn't, it was devastating. It was really hard. And I shut down. I didn't want to talk about that piece of my story. I wanted to hide it. So when people would ask me how I was, I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. You know, no one knew anything about that. People would ask, you know, hey, when are you guys having kids? Because literally this happened probably about a month after we got married. So of course, when you get married, the first question that everybody asks is, when are the babies coming? When are you having babies? When are you doing this? Mm -hmm. So on top of feeling just so ashamed about the fact that I couldn't have children, I was getting all these questions. And so 
this is another conversation for another day. You know, I went into this deep depression, but then finally I started talking to people about it. And the more that I owned that piece of my story, the more I found that there were people who were going through the exact same thing and I didn't have to be ashamed of it. And that gave me the power and the confidence to say, okay, what am I going to do now? Like yes. I still want a family, right? Yes. Yeah. How am I, how am I going to move forward from that? So now, you know, Michael and I are adopting and as we go through this adoption process, we learn, I had no idea, like Kelsey, no idea how many people I knew that adopted or have adopted or are struggling with infertility or struggling with any of those things. But when I started talking about it, all of these people I knew came out of the woodwork and they're like, Hey, me too. I'm here. And now I have this power to write a new ending because mm-hmm. I was able to own who I am and be okay with it and accept it and know that life wrote this story for me. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's like now such an important thing that you said is about how the progression of you said something to somebody and because that led the way to acceptance for you, you were able to get to the place of what am I going to do now? Yep. Absolutely. Like if you would have stayed in that darkness, how different would your story be? Could you imagine? There's so many times in life where like owning my story has changed everything for me. And like, I think back to like all of those different times, like what if I hadn't opened up about being abused? What if I hadn't opened up about this infertility? What mm-hmm. if I wasn't brave enough to take that next step? Mm-hmm. What, where would I be today? And mm-hmm. I like, you know, I'm very thankful that I've ended up where I am because I have a beautiful life and amazing friends and a fantastic husband and a great job. And I'm able to help other people because I took ownership of my story. So I think that that actually leads us to why do we need to own our story? Yeah. Good point. Because it's like, okay, like I hear you that it's great when you do this, but like, why, why do we do this? And yeah, or I think that we all, my opinion is we all get different things from this. Like there's obviously there's the rise from shame. There's being in the light. And, and for me, like one of the biggest things that I felt that is a very big, like personal value for me is freedom and like feeling free. Because when I think about different parts of my story and you'll have to tell me if you feel the same way, but like I could physically feel like, I felt trapped. Like, yep. like, I was like, oh, I have to like hold my tongue or change the way that I say something. And obviously there's times where we need to be filtered kind of, um, but A it's little. like, yeah, but I mean, truly having freedom like within myself. And I feel like freedom is something that a lot of people really value, but don't understand what it feels like. And like freedom to me is being able to do and say what I want to say. And if I can't like do things that make an impact, if I can't say things that make an impact that are all related back to what I went through or this scenario, then like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I think that that ties to your power and your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have that freedom, if you feel that weight, it's like you're underneath a really heavy blanket, just like smothered and like fear and shame. And like, if you don't have that freedom, you really don't have any power at all. 
which keeps you from your true purpose. Because Kelsey, like, what if you had never, like, what if Eric had never texted you about, you know, your arrest record? And what if you hadn't been honest with him? Like, would you be where you are today? Would you be living your true purpose? Would you be able to talk to women all the time about, you know, owning their story and working through dark, hard, shameful things or just like life in general mm-hmm. if, if it wasn't for that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. They're all linked. It's like mm-hmm. once you have to own your story in order to accept yourself and once you accept yourself, it brings you that sense of freedom. And once you feel free, then you feel powerful. And once you feel powerful, you feel like you're capable which then leads you to being able to find your purpose. So I love how you tied that together. Once you kind of link those things and you see like the steps unfolding in front of you, it's like so much of that is you finally, when you own your story, you finally get to be yourself. Yeah. And that's like, it seems so funny, but, and we talked about this on another episode uh, about like being a kid. And like when you walked into a room You didn't care what anybody thought. You were like, cool, playground. I'm going to go on that slide. Like, that was it. Like, nobody else matters, right? Laser focus. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden we get older and we start carrying this baggage of shame of like whatever experience and it fully just pulls from us. We don't have that freedom. So then it's like, okay, we're just going to sit here and be ashamed and live in this darkness. But again, if we walk through, okay, let me accept myself. Okay. Let me feel this freedom. Let me feel powerful. And then you start walking the line of, you know, seeing your capabilities and and your purpose unfolding in front of you, because I, I think that that's how, you know, passionate and purpose collide is kind of like you're in it and you're just going and you're like, I'm here. And like, okay, this is happening obviously with some effort, but you know, you get to finally be who you're meant to be. And I can't imagine not being able to do that. Like never walking through your whole life, not finding your purpose and not getting to be yourself, like to walk into a room and just be like, this is who I am. You don't have to accept me because I accept myself. Yeah. And it's not easy. It takes a really long time. You know, it took me years and years and Kelsey, you could say the same, you know, it it takes a long time to be okay with that. But that feeling of being able to just say, you know what, I'm here. This is me. And if you like it, that's amazing. And if you don't, that's okay too. You don't have to put on a face. You don't have to put on a facade to make everybody happy. And that's part of owning your story, right? Is you don't have to be everybody's cup of tea, but you have to be able to like be your own. Yeah. Good point. That's a really good point. And, you know, I think that leads us into something we talked about a little bit earlier, which is, you know, you are the only person with your unique story. And we do say this a lot. We say it a lot because it's important. If you aren't owning that story, the story of you, your entire life, you are robbing not only yourself, Mm -hmm. but you're robbing other people of all of the experiences, the things that you have that you could share with them. You know, when I was walking through the infertility 
and walking through that dark place. Thankfully, I had people who had been there too, and they were willing to share their stories with me. And because they had accepted where they were and they accepted who they are and they were willing to share it with me, I was able to move on. Mm, So like, don't rob other people of that opportunity. Be willing to own who you are. Be willing to share that and you may help others. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because there's that something that's created from that acceptance and from that starting of sharing is that community that's created, which then it gives us hope. I feel like, you know, absolutely watching my friends who were struggling with infertility and, you know, in their cases, they were able to have children. The ones that are, you know, like reached out to me at first, they were able Uh to have their own children, but they had to go through a lot of stuff in order to make that happen. Recently, one of them just had twins and like I watched her story for six or seven years. She started writing a blog. Susan, shout out if you're listening, but she started writing a blog and she was sharing all the things about what she was going through in her emotions and really owning that piece. And then when I started struggling, she you know reached out via message and you know now she has two beautiful twins that were just born. I think they're three months old now, a boy and a girl. And she posts pictures like every day. And it makes me feel so hopeful because I know that I'll get to have that feeling and get to take those pictures when we adopt. So I, you know, there is a lot of hope when you build that community. Yeah. It also speaks a lot about your perspective that you can look at that and that it inspires hope in you versus comparison or jealousy, because I'm sure you had to walk through a lot of that too, seeing other people like that frustration. And I think that's part of the darkness that we go in. It's like, like for me, I'm like, all these people that I'm hanging out with are drinking and driving and doing drugs all the time. Why aren't they getting caught? And it was like that, that shift of like, you know, why is it me to where it's like that victim kind of sway back and forth between that too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was times where, and like, I admit this freely, like I would see people who maybe weren't making the best parenting choices or they, you know, like they were acting in a very selfish manner and I would get angry and say, why can people have kids so easily? But, you know, Michael and I who want to have kids can't. And I lived in that dark place for a little while, but you get to this point where you just have to make a choice. You have to choose either, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play the victim and I'm going to be sad and miserable and angry, or I'm going to choose to write my new ending, right? And so that's the choice that you have to make. Yeah. It's good to be on for both of us since we've both been on either side of it. It's definitely feels much better to be on the side where there is hope and you can see the reasoning behind it. And I think that once we recognize like that we are the only ones that can teach or can make an impact with our story. And once we realize we are unique in that, but also that there are people who feel similar. There's somebody out there that you, that needs to hear what you have to say. And I think it kind of goes into really what happens when we don't accept our story and this leads me back to my original story of kind of the evolution of my acceptance. You know, it obviously started with that small piece of 
just the text message and, and just telling Eric openly first, and then obviously led to me sharing with people in person and then me talking to people that I didn't know as well in person. And then obviously that really scary piece was starting to share it with my online audience as, as that continued to grow. And the thing that I had to really be accepting of was that regardless of what I say and do, there's going to be mean, hateful people that are going to say terrible things about me. And so if I have to choose to either not speak up and not help people or speak up, help people and have people say bad things about me, I'm going to choose helping people all day because people are going to say bad things about me regardless. I remember there was a guy who pretty shortly after I got arrested had my mugshot printed and put on a t-shirt and he was like wearing it out in public. Um, What? Yeah. And I just was so embarrassed and ashamed and was just like, why would somebody who was at one point a friend do this to me? And then, you know, I can see looking back now, I'm like, you know, that person, it was a male. He must have been hurting so bad to have to go to that point. And I just was not at that point ready to accept. And so that's, I was really sitting in that shame and that darkness. And so, you know, there was lots of stuff like that. There was, you know, and and probably still is an entire thread online about Eric and I saying hateful things about us personally and our children. But it's just like, people are going to do those things no matter what I do. So it doesn't, again, we go back to it's your choice. And if you don't own your story, then if I choose that way, then it's like every single day I get messages from people. This helped me. I needed this today. Like that is worth it a million times over for me. So again, going back to the choice and if we don't own our story, it just causes so much anxiety within us. And like you live in this constant state of fear, talking about going back to what we were saying about walking into a room. If you walk into a room and feel acceptance versus walking into a room and feeling like nobody accepts you, your experience is going to be drastically different. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that smothering feeling that we talked about. You feel like you can't breathe, like you mm-hmm. like you're suffocating. You, you feel like everybody's looking at you. You feel like everybody's talking about you or thinking about you. And then you just keep digging into this hole and this dark depression. And that leads to not being able to find your purpose. Like you talked about, you know, if you yeah. weren't, you know, if you'd been stuck there, you wouldn't be getting these messages every day from people saying, this helped me, you know, this is helping me. And that's truly your purpose is to help others. And that vulnerability has created a connection for you with Mm -hmm. millions of people. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that just to kind of wrap it up, you know, owning your story and not owning your story, you know, not owning it is far, far worse, obviously, than anything that could happen when you actually own it. Yeah. 
I mean, you miss out on so many valuable things. And that's really, I think, probably one of the most helpful things is just to look at it that way and change your perspective around it. Like, if I don't own my story, I lose my freedom, I lose my purpose, I, I lose finding myself, I lose connection with community or people or one person. Like, even what if your story creates a, a powerful friendship that lasts the rest of your life? Like, that could be enough. And so really looking at it as instead of, because that place that you sit in when it's like, when I saw the picture of him in the shirt, I just, I can like take myself back to like that darkness and like, it's isolating. It's awful. And you do nothing but just spin around about, I've made so many mistakes. Like there's no coming back from this. I can't, I can't get up from this. Like, how do I show my face in public? Like all of those things. And like, if I would have at that time thought about if I accept this and if I move forward from this, then all of these things are going to happen positively, I would have been in a completely different place so much sooner. And obviously everything happens for a reason, but I think that what we have to do is don't look at it as an option to share it. Look at it as if I don't, these terrible things are going to happen. And, you know, I think that once I recognize that and once as I continued to go through this evolution of sharing and I started to get that little feedback of like the me too, or I've been in that place too, it was encouraging. And and that allowed me to continue to pull the pieces together. So it's not really like, you don't have to start with like the hardest thing for you, but like opening up to somebody about like one thing that you struggle with can be a gateway into a new relationship or a new opportunity. You really just don't know. And um, so that kind of leads us into, you know, how do we own our stories? Because we've talked about, you know, what does it really mean to own your story And then we've talked through why we need to own our stories. So now we want to talk about how can you and offer you some tools. And the tools here are simple but challenging. And the first one is just going to be acknowledging. Acknowledging that something is hard for you. Acknowledging that you feel isolated. Acknowledging that you feel shame around something. Just seeing that and becoming aware of it, awareness can change everything. Yeah, absolutely. And just an acknowledgement doesn't have to mean like some big, like, I'm going to post this on Instagram. I'm going to, you know, go tell 20 people today that, you know, I have this problem. Acknowledging really does truly just mean like telling yourself, hey, this is where I am. This is who I am. This is my story, every piece of it, and acknowledging it within yourself. But you can take that acknowledgement step to the next step, which is speak it. And words are powerful. So you can speak it in a lot of different ways. You can speak it just to yourself, like physically speaking it out loud. Mm -hmm. You could speak it to a friend, a family member. The point is, is that you have to say the words. Saying those words gives you power spitting it out, you know, instead of holding it in, letting somebody else hear it can be very, very powerful. Yeah, definitely. It's the, that feedback piece of like, once it's out loud and like, you can hear it with your own ears, 
which goes along with our next tool, which is writing it. And these two things work together so well because they give us something that is outside of us that we can see, that we can hear. And once we do that, like this is why journaling is so powerful. Once you see Mm. those words on a page, it allows you to see things differently. And it's like you can write your story and as you're writing it, you're, you're like, wow, I'm writing this and I'm realizing all the things that I learned from this or all the things that I can keep from this or what kind of impact I can make from this. So just taking it from inside your brain, speaking it out loud, writing it down. And obviously it it could be for nobody. Nobody has to read it if that's, if you're not to that space yet, but it's still that first step. Yeah. I think that you said something really Mm. important, which is the, in the writing it piece, you know, when you write it down, when you take that physical movement of writing something down, they say like, there's studies that say like people who take notes, for example, if you write something down, you're going to remember it more. It's Mm -hmm. that physical action of writing it down, which is going to bring out so many different perspectives for you. I can't tell you how many times I've wrote something and I'm like, wow, I didn't even really think about that. I had no idea that this impacted me that way. But when I write it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense now because it's not just in my brain anymore. I've taken a physical action to do something with it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why Minnie and I always say, like, if it's not in our calendar, it's not written down, like, it's not happening ever. Sometimes even (laughs) if it is in our calendar. (laughs) Or that too. Um, But yeah, I think just allowing yourself to gain perspective can be huge. And, and, you know, the next step is sharing it in some way. And exactly what Mindy said, that doesn't mean that you have to go and post on your social media if you don't want to. It doesn't mean that you have to share with an audience. It could be one person. It could be you know, just your significant other, like, Hey, this is something that happened in my childhood that I was ashamed about, you know, this kind of the last piece to kind of pull my whole like evolution of everything. The last piece of my acceptance was in my sexual story. And because I made a lot of choices with my body and used my body in the way that I did, I didn't think that that was something because of obviously the way that sex is viewed as women, it's like, oh, they're sluts, they're whores, whatever. And so I told myself that same story. And so it was like, how can I tell my husband, how can I speak openly about this? Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, sex was challenging for me because it was like, I, I felt like I still had the mentality that I was using my body in the wrong way. And so mm-hmm. number one, I said something finally to a friend, which then turned into a conversation with Eric, which then turned into me going to a sex therapist. And now I can happily say that I love and enjoy sex with my husband, but I didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? And that was the last piece of my story. And I still felt shame. And I've shared a little bit about it on my, on my social media about, you know, just the way that I use my body and how, you know, there was still shame underneath that about like, okay, well, if you were raped, then why would you want to go have sex with all these people if that's what happened? Because it was like, again, we go to, if you're raped, that means you're scared of sex. And that wasn't the case for me. 
And so that was like the last piece. And I still, I, I felt shame around it. And it was like, I could physically feel it in my body still. Mm. So until I walked through these steps of, okay, this is in my brain. It's in my heart. I can physically feel this. And then the steps of, okay, let's have a conversation with one person that turned into that comfort of like just being heard was like, okay, now I see, because that conversation was a text message conversation. So that was my writing it. And then my speaking it was to Eric. And then that turned into like what you said to where it's like, I've accepted this. Now, what am I going to do? And then I took steps and I did something about it. And now being on the other side of it, I'm like, I feel no shame around this anymore. Like sex is beautiful. It's something that's supposed to happen. So what if somebody has more sex than other people? So what? Right. And I think what's so important is that you got help. Like you recognize and like, we talk about this all the time. Therapy is the best. Um, (laughs) You recognize what was going on. You went and got help. You went to therapy. And now like, because you own that piece of your story, we've come full circle, right? Like, so, you know, we've talked about what it means to own your story. We've talked about how it can affect you and why we need to, and then how you can actually do it. You know, so talking through like you had this story the reason why you were shamed and you know, you started to own it, you spoke it, you wrote it out. And now like you are on the other side and that's why it is so important to own your story. So I think that's a great way to wrap up the conversation today. So why don't we, you know, we'll run right back through the tools or the how really quick, you know, so the how is acknowledging that you have a story um, that you need to speak out or speak to yourself speaking it either out loud or you know to someone else or to yourself, writing it out, and then sharing it. So take those tools with you, you know, use those to help tell your story. Again, your story is unique to you. It could create connections that you wouldn't even believe, give you freedom that you can't even fathom. So take that, run with it. Kelsey, let's talk about what is happening in the next episode. Yeah, sure. Before we get to the next episode, though, I also want to say that if you're listening and you are embarrassed or ashamed about something, that I will gladly put Mindy and I on the table and tell you that our emails and our direct message on Instagram is always open and there is never judgment. So please, if you want to use one of these tools and, and type it out and share it with somebody without any fear of it going anywhere... You, we will gladly be that person for you. I just wanted to extend that offer. So in episode 12, we are going to be talking with Kendall Dickinson, who is the flexible foodie on Instagram. Kendall is a uh, social media expert. She has an incredible business that she's built by the age of 24. Really excited to chat with her. I'm really excited for you guys to hear our conversation. Yeah. So we talk about a good variety of topics with Kendall, but I think one of the most important things is number one, like how we use social media and how social media can actually be a really great tool to help us through hard times. And then also she shares a bit of her story about overcoming an eating disorder and finally hitting that moment to where she realized that she needed help. So 
We hope that you'll join us for that one. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. I hope that this has helped you to feel more acceptance with your own story. And again, we are always here if you want to reach out. So thank you again for listening. Please give us a rating, subscribe so you get all of our new episodes on whatever your listening platform is. And don't forget to live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.